God bless fantasy football. There are many things a man can do with his time. And this is better than those things. In a pathetically low-scoring Week 8, we still got to talk about football. Still a lot of games to be played, a lot of close races to make it to the playoffs. And we're here to talk about it. I'm your host, 2018 champion Andrew Gelblatt, joined as always by my co-host, your commissioner, your two-time champion Andrew Seiler. And this week we're joined by, he is not only your 2013 champion, but currently holds the records for most points ever scored in a game and most points ever scored in a season. His face is just adorable to look at, and we're happy to have him on here. We got Mr. Nate Penzel this week. Nate, how you doing today? Oh, uh, doing pretty good. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still chasing those highs of the, uh, of that <laughs> season. Haven't uh, quite come close yet, but I'm, uh, one of these years maybe. I, I wish we could go. I wish there was some algorithm you could do to like put in the scoring settings we had from that year and put yeah. it into what we do now to see what the weeks would be because. Well, I mean, what was the biggest change we made? I guess we went from full PPR yeah, to half we, PPR. We were full PPR, and I feel like we had insane, uh, like, bonuses for yardage at that yeah. point. And they were also overlapping bonuses. So if you had, like, right, 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 and 200 yards, that was, like, an extra eight points or whatever. Yeah, that's so absolutely ridiculous. That's how we were able to get, like, 250 points in a week, but... Yes. No, not anymore. And if anything, this is probably the exact opposite of a week, with probably some of the lowest scoring we've seen all season, which is interesting because a lot of these games were rematches of arguably the highest scoring week we've ever seen in our RIP. But we'll dive into that. But before we even ask Nate, well, you know what? I'll ask Nate. Okay, so we're in week nine. You're, you know, in a good position. You're in five and three. How are you feeling about the team? How are you feeling about post-draft? Any regrets? Anything you wish you uh, would have known? I mean, obviously you wish you would have known, but any split decisions that are kind of biting in the ass right now? Um, well, definitely could be way worse. Um, so I think I'm feeling okay. Um, you know, my team's been a little uh, hot and cold, but um, overall I think I'm in a decent position. And just taking a look at the landscape of the league, it feels like it's really – anybody's year potentially there's no one team that really stands out and uh I don't know uh and I feel like you know Russell winning last year at six and seven has kind of like opened the gate any, anyone could win yeah it's, it's very inspirational you know so like just got to play week by week hang in there make the playoffs and uh, yeah, you know, hopefully maybe. go on a run I do so, like I do like to look back at the who we picked as their best and worst picks. So, Tyler, who did you who did you have as Nate's best and worst pick? Oh boy, here we go. Okay, I think I kind of did it. I did pretty well. I had your best pick, Nate, as Michael Pittman, who seems like he's going to be a stud for you going forward and might help you with your that receiving core. Mm-hmm. And I had your worst pick as Tyler Higby, who has really not been that great this season. Yeah, he's been uh, pretty pretty mediocre. So, if anybody uh, wants to float any uh, tight end offers, we have the be interested my but, uh, best pick for you was elijah moore who i don't even know how many yeah. snaps he's played all season and my worst pick was jalen hurts who's got to be a top five fan so not great right now. so not the best <laughs> elijah moore was one of those uh roto world darlings for like the preseason but uh like uh, somebody that had much uh, staying what's his name? like that guy russell picked on the saints marquez calloway what was calloway, his name yeah. I, I was who, who so I pissed when he got during him. the draft he, he confidently stopped and said i'm calling it right now he's going to be a top <laughs> 10 
receiver and made a whole show of this and then uh, <laughs> he's not uh, even on the team anymore. and on and off rosters all year so what was your motivation behind keeping your team name Danucci Maine and then what made you change it to Scorn Errol Patterson all right so that I I know I took some flack for that but it, it was actually an accident because uh during the offseason I'm, I'm in I guess it's taboo to mention but I am in a league with the uh, another league with some of my college friends who are mostly from like the Dallas area. Mm-hmm. So like, I just thought it would be, you know, like a funny name because they're like, he's, he's kind of like reached a meme status with like the Cowboys. Band TikTok, I figured I would do it, but I, I didn't realize I was updating it for this league. And then I, I, I hate how it like shows on recent activity when you <laughs> make your name. Like if you make like one character of an edit, it shows, it, it like notifies the entire league. Right, and, right. Like, I didn't want to like clog it up with that. So uh, I was just like stuck with it, but then, uh, yeah, I just messed around with it. Now, now I'm on a two-game winning streak now with my my current name. So I feel like I have to keep with yeah. it. Until, it's a clever uh, name. I lose. It's very clever. I like it. It's it, it it was a little low effort, but it was only done specifically to counter Russell in the matchup, and I, I guess it worked. So you know, I'll well, ride it as far as I can. Since you changed it, you are undefeated, and Russell has not won a game, so it's yeah, been very yeah. effective so far. And the icon is great. I mean, the Wreck It Ralph with the big uh, open mouth yeah. that's that's fantastic. Well, that that was basically just uh, a a snapshot of me after that Monday night miracle oh, <laughs> yes, yes. with Mar Jackson. So that was uh, yep. <laughs> we don't have to talk about it. Yeah. But anyway, that's in the past. So before we dive into last week, Siler, we're actually recording this on a Wednesday, a Wednesday evening, which is different because normally you would be at dance practice. You were actually just playing Smite, which even further shows that something was up. This was supposed to be your big finale, your swan song to the, the dance genre. What's going on? What happened? We looked at each other. Tantali and I were like, do we really want to go to this tonight? And we just said, nah. So, you know, I think that we've learned all we need to learn. I will say we should automatically be downgraded to fourth in the power rankings for not showing up. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're the worst, but I think we deserve to be ranked the worst for not going to the final class. So maybe we should have gone, but I think we made the right choice and I got to play Smite. So it was all worth it. It's so anticlimactic. I mean, people were really looking forward to how your finals was going to go. I, I, I had people asking me what the spread was. <laughs> all I know is that if there was a quiz, I was not going to pass. So I'm glad that we did not have to take any type of, of dance test. Was there a history portion to the class? No, there was no history portion. Oh, so what, what are you taking a quiz on? Or like a, a dance, like a, a test, like, okay. like, oh, a you know, show me your foxtrot, <laughs> do your best foxtrot. The waltz was uh, first uh, uh, coined in 1735 by what famous dancing duo? It's a, it's a shame they don't have the, uh, the two knock dance because you would have nailed it. <laughs> oh, I would have been tier one. I would have been easy number one in the power <laughs> rankings for that one. That one probably doesn't go over well to JCC, but maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's dive into this week. Well, it's a pretty boring week. I mean, outside of Corals' team, who scored 150, the the range of scores was from 76 to 113. So really low-scoring week this week. But I always start at the bottom. And as you mentioned, Russell on a two-game losing streak loses to Noah 87 to 113. 
Josh Allen with a very strong performance, but no one on his team really able to match that outside of a solid game from Cordaro Patterson. Justin Jefferson exiting the game for a little bit. It's got to be a little scary for us. Um, Terry McLaurin did not look great against Denver. On the flip side for Noah, Godwin, Tom Brady looked guy you know no pun intended but godly austin eckler i don't know if you guys saw that one run austin eckler had where he broke like five tackles but it was incredible but noah kind of but noah kind of leaves this week a little banged up deandre hopkins banged up james robinson banged up so it'll be interesting to see what what happens any thoughts on any performances this week from either team uh I, i was impressed by uh by noah's team i guess uh He's, he's looking good, and uh, I guess Russell's team was a bit of a letdown, especially since he was coming off the bye where he had, like, his entire team on bye, and I think he scored less this week with his core lineup than he did with uh, his yeah replacement bye week lineup, so that's mm-hmm. not a not a great sign. But, um, yeah, it's just, a, just another, yeah. another matchup, you know. But I will say, I do, while I've always said good things about Noah's team, like I mentioned, I also forgot Julio Jones banged up. Uh, Michael Thomas officially now out for the season. I did think it was funny. On, on Thursday night, they both benched players who scored two touchdowns. So I guess it kind of uh, canceled <laughs> oh. that. <laughs> That's a fun fact. Yeah, it's um, odd. I, I feel like it's odd to pick up Randall Cobbs and if you're not going to start him for that one specific week. Because exactly, why? yeah. But any thoughts, Tyler? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of shocking how poor Russell's team really did perform. But I guess honestly, he's very Viking dependent with Dalvin and Jefferson. And when they don't, when they play like shit, then his team is going to not do so well. And that's I literally, I mean, I know I'm jumping to my game. I literally thought that after the first drive of the Vikings game, I don't know if you were watching it, I was like, Kirk Cousins is score 50 points. Like, I'm actually going to win this matchup. And it, it felt like it because he was just – it was like the easiest touchdown ever. And then he missed Jefferson on the on the next drive wide open. He could have had a touchdown. And, killed him. and then that was the whole game. Yeah, so, absolutely yeah, killed him. So because of that, Russell's team did not do so hot. And Noah is just very consistent. He's yeah. always doing well in the league. His teams always score high and keep it going. Yeah. Next we had Dane against Scott. Scott wins 113-91, to 91, but at what cost? The uh, Dean, you know, Kyler Murray with only <laughs> seven points. Exactly. Kyler Murray with a pretty rough game. Nick Chubb playing a little injured. Devonta Smith is looking terrible after that first week where I thought that Dane was going to have just hit gold with his wide receiver core with Jerry Judy, Devonta Smith, and uh, Antonio Brown. Not looking like that. Boston Scott has a solid game but not able to match the firing power of A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel, and Adam Thielen with 30, 23, and 17 points, really. You know, I think if you told me that the strength of Scott's team going into this year is going to be his wide receivers, I don't know if I would. I think I was, I've always been a little skeptical of his receivers, but his receivers are really panning out right now. And he has so much depth with the receiver, too, between Lockett and Cole Beasley. Any thoughts? Um. Yeah, I'd say it was a bit of an unfortunate week for Dane specifically because Kyler Murray only put up seven points, which is almost never going to happen. And if he had, you know, just like a typical Kyler performance, he probably would have won. Mm-hmm. But um, very yeah, Dane's getting next to nothing out of his wide receivers, uh, which was obviously a concern because I don't think he drafted a wide receiver even until like, you know, like the seventh round or something like that. Yeah. 
So he's going to have to start uh, getting some better production out of that if he wants to, to hang around. Yeah, it hurts when Darren Waller is really not after that first week where I was like, oh, God, literally after week one, I was like, they might have the best team in the league. I mean, that was like if that's what his team is going to do every week. But uh, I really, really like the the way that he constructed his team, you know, getting lock, or trying to lock down, you know, two two RB ones and Chubb and Taylor and then, you know, a high upside QB and Kyler and then just you know, locking down tight ends and then going for high upside receivers in the middle rounds. But the the guys that he's tried to lock down have been, they've been good and they've been consistent, but they haven't quite shown the ceiling that is necessary to compensate for the lack of production from his wide receivers. Yeah. So Gelblatt, uh Darren Waller, week one, 19 targets. Since then, seven, 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 eight, five. Which is still great for a tight end. I mean, if you have a damn yes. tight end that gets eight target, that's amazing. But like, yes. Um, but and I think one of the another thing that killed Dane is that Nick Chubb got vultured by uh, Deernest Johnson. Deernest Johnson had four carries throughout the entire game. One of those was a touchdown. So that definitely does not help Dane either. But I mean, I, I agree with what you guys said. His receivers haven't been good, and Scott. I mean. We'll see how his team looks, but it's not going to look like this for the rest he, of the season. So. He, he should enjoy this victory while he can, because it might be the <laughs> yeah. last one he sees for a little bit. Definitely. We'll touch on that when we get to our power rankings later. Next, I had your commissioner, Andrew Seiler, against uh, Mr. Williams, who loses 101 to 98 in probably the most biggest boneheaded decision I've ever seen in my entire life. I was, I was talking with Wyatt, that morning and I was like dude why don't you pick up a quarterback in case Dak doesn't play like why are you not picking up anyone and he just turns to me well I guess we're virtual so I assume he turns to me and he goes I have an insider source that Dak is going to be playing today like I he, he took the plane he's going to be playing I'm like why would like like why wouldn't you just want the insurance policy like just I'm not I'm not even joking that's what he told me he said he had an inside source that Dak was going to be playing so he read like some some comment on r slash fantasy football right exactly or some some guy who and because of that he's now three and five two games back from his division in an easy win i mean he could have literally any quarter i mean all he needed to do was pick up rush and he wins this game siler you know obviously you win not one of your stronger games but not you know you had cup with 25 you had solid performances across the board kelsey with obviously one is not great but I mean, you had 15 from Chase Edmonds and 10 from Dernish Johnson is probably what you would expect from those guys. And your receivers did pretty solid. I was stressed out so hard on Monday night. I thought once I, once Wyatt was so dumb and didn't pick up a quarterback, I was like, oh, I probably got this. I have 20 points on him. I have Kelsey and he has Williams and Gano. And then Kelsey proceeds to do absolutely nothing. And I finally see him catch the ball and then he fumbles and then he had negative (laughs) points. And at that point I was freaking out. And honestly, as the game was coming to a close, the giants had the ball with like a minute left and they could have kicked a field goal. And I would have lost with three points with a 30 yard field goal. I lose this game. And Daniel Jones couldn't drive them down the field to do that. So I had to sweat this out all of Monday night football, even without Wyatt having a QB. Uh, But ultimately it, that's the reason that he lost. So thanks, Wyatt. I appreciate the W. That's just uh, that's charity right there. It is charity. I mean, Wyatt is what he's three and five now, but like 
he he lost in like two heartbreaking games. Oh yeah, with like he's, I mean, he's a top five team in my opinion. He has a very strong roster. He does, he's just yeah. like I mean, this week you have to remember this week he had Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown, both on by who are argue Mark Andrews top five, Marquise Brown right now top ten in his position. So, so well, wide has got to pick up the uh, the managerial skills to to try and uh, keep pace. Yeah. Uh, okay, next up we had Quarles against Brian, which was one of the biggest blowout this week, 153 to 78. Quarles, big games from DK Metcalf, who's doing surprisingly well with Geno Smith, Brandon Cooks, who had like the literally the definition of a garbage time touchdown. I mean, that was that was a that was a hand me, like I don't even know why he's still in the game. Stafford looked great. And then the the talk of the town, you know, maybe you, you'll want to talk about it on Siler on the Wire, but Michael Carter, who, you know, they spent all of their fab for putting up 28 points, seems seems like it was a pretty solid investment. And just to quickly talk about Brian on the flip side, uh, actually not really much to talk about. Kyle Pitts with two points is pretty disappointing given how the Falcons offense is operating and without Calvin Ridley. Mahomes, 14 points is really not looking good this season and uh you know he did have some buys but really not a great game from brian yeah it was definitely uh, pretty brutal from brian um at least it was over early for him it's not like he had to like think that yeah. game he had the four o'clock games he had a chance but on, on the bright side though i mean if if you're gonna lose you might as well uh you know get blown out in spectacular fashion and almost get doubled <laughs> up so you don't have to to waste those good performances from your guys and hopefully save them for, for down the line. I like that. Yeah, that Cooks touchdown, you're absolutely right. That is the definition of a garbage time touchdown. I felt, I felt so bad. So the spread was 16 and a half, and they ended up getting a touchdown at the end of the game, going for two and losing by 16. So everyone that had the Rams 16 and a half, and they were up, I think, 38 to nothing, didn't win their bet. So backdoor cover, it was devastating. <laughs> That is a devastating backdoor cover. Anyway, do you think those guys um, know in the back of their head what the spread is? Uh, I don't think the players do. Yeah. But the, maybe <laughs> they probably do. Um, Davis Mills actually ended up with uh, a great game, performance. Yeah, just uh, in garbage, garbage time. Um, but yeah, Coral's team it looks better. I mean, I don't know if this is. This is what they do, though. They're going to perform well this week, and then next week they're going to shit the bed. Um, and they're five and three. They are five and three. Their team looks pretty good for the most part, but we'll see if injuries like the Jameis impact Alvin Kamara. Who knows? But for now, they killed it. They had the highest scoring week, so good mm-hmm. on them. Next up, we had Caniglio, last in our power rankings, first in our team names against Lee. Lee pulled out the win, 113-107. to 107. Obviously, heartbreak for Caniglio. Calvin Ridley out for the remainder of the season due to mental illness, which on this show we appreciate and we understand players need to take time away from mental illness. It's a real thing. If you need help, make sure to call the appropriate people. But that does fucking suck for Caniglio that he just up and left in the middle of the season for no, you know, for, for a, a reason that you could never, ever guess. So he loses uh, – Calvin Ridley, although he does plug in Melvin Gordon, who ended up having 18 points. So to be fair, not sure how much he would have really gained by having, um, well, I guess if in retrospect, he probably would have played Melvin Gordon over, uh, actually probably not. Kenneth Gainwell was probably a no brain start for him, given that Miles Sanders wasn't going to play. So probably doesn't change that much, but Lee 
ekes out the win. Joe Mixon with a Joe, Joe Mixon is having like the weirdest year of all time. He's like getting like uh, he's having like 20 yards for like two touchdowns every game or something like that. It makes no sense. He's good. I yeah, like Joe Mixon. He's he's healthy and uh, on, a, on a good team. So what do you have last game? He had he had he had 25 points because he had 14 carries for 33 yards and a touchdown. And then he had four receptions for 50 yards and a touchdown. Like, yeah, it's that's it's interesting because he, he hasn't been getting that much uh, work in in the receiving game, but then occasionally he will. And that, those are the, the weeks that he really peds his uh, point totals. Yeah. But yeah, Lee had a game. He had like the third highest scoring week with a bunch of guys on by or not even a bunch. He had Devonte Adams missing the week to the game, but he rolls with Carson Wentz and he gets the W. A little unfortunate for uh, Keniglio starting Kenneth Gainwell, who was you know the presumptive uh, backup to Miles Sanders after he was on in or after he was injured, and then. Four touchdowns were scored <laughs> by running backs other than <laughs> Kenneth Gainwell. So, I mean, Jordan uh, Howard, is that a just, blast in the rough. past or what? I mean, I didn't even know Jordan Howard was on a team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's fantasy football for you. He Jordan Howard outscored, like, Derrick Henry and Dalvin <laughs> Cook combined this week. So if anybody tells you they know what's going to happen in fantasy, don't listen to them because uh, they're talking out their ass. Yeah. I, I think to me the funniest thing is that Calvin Ridley didn't even want to be on Caniglio's team either. He's Calvin Ridley was like Caniglio's team is so bad this year. <laughs> it's almost, it's like that guy in the Bills that retired at halftime. It's like I I've had enough. I can't do this. That's so funny. <laughs> Lee, by the way, I mean Devontae Booker is doing pretty solid for him. Fifteen points. I mean, I know he spent basically all of his fab on him, but from the weeks he's had him so far, 21, 8, 14, 15, like. Yeah, that was a that was a good pickup by Lee because uh, Booker. I mean, he's he's nothing to write home about as a player, but he's playing almost all the snaps uh, at running back for the Giants. So he's just getting volume, and volume is really king when it comes to running backs. But uh, I would be worried if I was Lee because Saquon is on the men. Probably prob- is questionable this week, and then there's the bye. But uh, after that, his running back situation is looking pretty bleak. Uh, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, in next week he has both Mixon and Booker on by when he oh, plays. Who does he play next week? Oh. Siler. So I, I don't oh, know who's going to play. <laughs> I mean, I guess his running backs would be uh, Mike Davis and uh, JD McKissick, which uh, isn't exactly ideal. JD McKissick is actually not bad though. That's not. That's not. That's not that crazy. Does he really have? He has, he has no Mixon one else. Him? Yeah. Good insight, and, Nate. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> I got you. Wow. Uh, okay, and then in America's Game of the Week, the game that everyone was looking forward to, you had the previous more money, more problems against Nordauro Patterson, myself against Nate, and what was supposed to be one of the highest scoring affairs of the week, uh, given our week five matchup and we both kind of put up duds 95 to 76 uh deandre swift and even though i am nate there were so many things in in between all these games that went wrong for me there was the aaron jones touchdown in thursday night football getting called back 
that's seven although, although to be fair the one one of the touchdowns that he had shouldn't have been a touchdown right, but it did, that's already two ways that happened and then there was another one so, so he and, could have simultaneously had two touchdowns or zero touchdowns yeah, so it was fine that, so he, he, that almost he split had the difference two. for one there is the deandre swift getting vultured in like the garbage time fourth quarter and not and getting Jamar that jefferson not getting that touchdown <laughs> There and then there's the DJ Moore touchdown that was clearly a touchdown against the Falcons that they did not call a touchdown. So that's 21 points right there that would have given me the win. Yeah, this this matchup was basically the Sunday night game with the Vikings and Cowboys, where we everybody was expecting it to be a shootout, and then uh, a lot of uh, a lot of disappointment and uh, underperformers. Yeah, I mean both ways. I mean from you, I mean. Emmanuel Sanders with the, with the goose egg, yeah. Mike Williams with two points, Higby with four. I mean, Jalen Hurts, again, four rushing touchdowns, and he had none of them. They, I was getting so nervous. Every rushing touchdown they had was, like, from the two-yard line, and I'm like, he's going to run it in. He runs it in every time. Yep. It's it's a shame because J, Jalen Hurts benefits, I guess, from the Eagles being down and getting garbage time points, and they were just blew them out. So, in that yeah. scenario, he wasn't really uh, – in a position to do well, but uh, I'm I'm really glad that this goose egg by Emmanuel Sanders didn't come back to bite me because I was going back and forth like all morning between playing him and Michael Pittman, and then I looked at the the box scores right after the 1 p.m. game started, and then I saw Pittman had a touchdown with you know like a couple minutes into the game, <laughs> and then they got an interception, and then he scored another touchdown within like a minute yeah. so I, I i knew immediately that i had made the wrong decision <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I'm glad the uh that didn't come back to bite me i think yeah. you have the best receiver depth in the entire league because you have tyreek hill amari cooper mike williams and michael Pittman, which is absurd so yeah, i'm feeling really good about the uh the receivers this year um it's it's but you know in classic fashion you know it becomes difficult to to predict yeah. uh, who to play in a game. Yep. So, uh, you know, hopefully I can keep making the right decisions, but I'm sure it's going to, I'm going to make the wrong one one of these days and uh, really annoy myself. <laughs> Maybe we can talk about a trade need about, uh, I could use a, a, a solid receiver and I got Gronk sitting on my bench if he interests you. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, my, my, my line is always open. Uh, so let's just do it live right now no pressure i'll look you right in the face and i know you i know you do well when, when on the spot stuff like that i'm uh i'm not much of a negotiator though only only noah has the ability to to, to goad me into trades like that. but i would um, never do that yeah i gotta I'm, I'm i'm a very reluctant trader though so i got to uh, i am too i hate trading i'm like oh, let me just make my own moves but I do think there may be something we could do with a tight. If you're looking for a tight end, and I'm looking for a receiver, if that's where our yeah, yeah, there's there, there could be a match to be uh, to be made. Match there. to be made. Yeah. All right, so that's our recap last week. We got the standings really quick before we go to everyone's new favorite segment. You got the former champs division with Quarles on top at five and three, Siler four and four, and Caniglio now three games back from the division, which makes it seem pretty unlikely he's back down to one percentage from being at two last week um we then have um two champs and dane with myself currently in first over dane with more points for russell one game back in the empty trophy case division you have scott with a two-game lead but we all know that the door is wide open now given some recent turn of events 
And then we have Lee's division with all three teams at five and three, which is just insane. People need to start putting respect on, on Lee's division. This is, <laughs> this is the second straight year now where we, all three teams have not only been over 500, but we've had the best combined record of any division. So I will I mean, say, I mean, our my division started off really hot and we I think we're on a I mean, can I see I'm on a three game, I'm on a three game losing streak. Dane is on a two-game losing streak, and Russell's on a four-game losing streak. So we started off really high. Lee has 50 less points for than points against, but is still five and three. So good on Lee, I guess. Uh, and just as a small note, when I checked the standings right after the week had ended, Caniglio actually had a playoff percentage of zero, which is kind of <laughs> savage by ESPN because – you got to at least give him 1%. I mean, he has to have at least 1%. I mean, if you guys lose out. I mean, literally nothing because at one point in our matchup in week five, me and Gelblatt, I had a 100% to 0% win probability, and I still lost that. I don't, I don't know how that happened, but it kind of uh, went back on me. That's so funny. But yeah, it's a super close race right now in the, in the league. I, I mean, I probably say this every year. I feel like it always feels close around this time of the year, but there's a lot. I mean, there's what? One, two, three, four, five, five and three teams, three, four and four teams. Like everyone has a shot. Everyone definitely has a shot. All right. Everyone's new favorite segment, Siler on the wire. And I think I figured out the audio. Unless Nate, you have anything else to add about the standings, but it seems like you're good. Uh, I, I will note that I'm, I'm somehow up to 90% playoff chance, which is weird that I'm higher than Noah, who I'm behind in the division. So I don't really know how these things work, and I'm kind of suspicious of them anyway, but I'll, uh, I'll enjoy it for now and uh, see, if it, see if it pans out. Glad to hear it. All right, so this week's Siler on the Wire theme song is to the theme of Animaniacs. I uh, saw a YouTube video of it the other day, and I thought it would be a great, a great tune. So let's, uh, I'll cue up the music and let me know, let me know if you could hear this first. Yep. Okay. Ready? Oh, we're ready. It's time for Siler on the Wire. Tells us which team's bid higher. Rose teams that spend all their fab. We listen to him blab. It's Siler on the Wire. Come hang with your two co-hosts and their guest this week, who's Nate. Listen while we ramble on and have a nice debate. No one likes to hear me sing. I swear I'm almost done. It's time to hear how waivers went, but one more time for fun. It's Siler on the wire. This dude really is on fire. Let's all give a prayer to Scott. His team's in a good place, not. It's Siler on the wire. He nailed the high note. Thank you. Well done. <laughs> I think my favorite part of that was that you were able to include all of us in the song and also simultaneously roast Scott's team in that 30 <laughs> seconds. So, Well, I was looking up words that rhyme with Scott, and the first one that came up was not. And so I was like, what can I do? <laughs> and, and you're also well lucky done. I didn't have a, uh, a last-minute cancellation or something because you would have had to uh, change, I know. change Nate. I in know. the rhyme scheme. I know, Nate and debate, it kind of went out together. But everyone's new favorite segment, I can I can put it on iTunes if people want to listen to it or on Spotify. I can do a Spotify of just my Siler on the Wire songs. 
I think you have a gift. Thank Check you. out the uh, the SoundCloud. Yeah, hit me up. Well, maybe now. This is a great Spotify list that I saw of theme songs of DuckTales, Kim Possible, Pinky and the Brain, Snoopy, Rugrats. There's a lot of potential here for Siler on the Wire songs. Pinky and the Brain has to be one for sure. I think I'm going to... It's Siler on the Wire. It's Siler on the Wire. One... Or I guess that's it's it's just probably too many syllables. It's probably more like Siler on the wire, Siler on the wire. Some I'm trying to think how Rugrats them. would work though. No, that has no words. I can't do no that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. But everyone's new favorite segment, Siler on the wire. Hit us okay. up. Okay. So the big acquisition. It's fun because. At the beginning of the season, there really weren't any crazy, you know, people spending all this crazy money. And now it feels like it happens once a week. So we're all just looking at who's going to spend a shit ton of money this <laughs> week. I, I don't know how I feel about this new trend of people just dropping like $70-$80 on any given player in a week. Is there a way to see how much fab every person has in one screen? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you have to go to your team. At least on the uh, the app, if you go to uh, league and then uh, budget info, it uh, says how much everybody has left. Budget? I don't even oh, see Oh, players info. and then budget summary. It's under recent activity. Oh, recent activity. Budget? Is it under re- I don't no, go to your team. My team. And then on the top left, you'll see free agent budget. Oh, and it shows everyone's? And then if you click that, it shows how much everybody Yeah, has. I mean, think about it. There is, let's see who has zero. I mean, so Lee has zero. Scott has two. Quarles has 12. Siler, you have nine. Dane has zero. Like, it's been fun. Yeah. I mean, I'm sitting I, with 39. I was like, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. It, it so, seems like in, in the last couple of years, you could get, like, the top pick of the week for, like, 20 to like $30, but now that's not going to cut it for like the hot running back of the week or whatever. No. Well, okay. So to Scott's defense, it looks like Derrick Henry's pretty much out for the whole fantasy season. So I get spending a lot of money. Are you going to pick him up? What? Are you going to pick him up? Who Derrick Henry? He's not going to drop Derrick Henry. He dropped him. He did. Oh, I didn't even see that. You have a bit in Nate? Be honest. And- it, I, I do not, but he, he could be like a good mascot for the team, you know. Like, if you if you have a free IR spot, you know, he just he just looks good on yeah. your on your roster, even if you get nothing out of him. I guess Scott had to do it just to make uh, some semblance of a full roster this week. Um, but anyway, the big acquisition this week: Jeremy McNichols, eighty three dollars. In my opinion, it's the Scott's the only team where it makes sense to really get Jeremy McNichols because he also has Adrian Peterson because. I guess in my mind, I think AP is going to overtake the role and be the main running back. At 36? Uh, I mean, it's he's not a human being. He's, he's, he's they just – they could have picked anybody to sign off of waivers. And they were like, you know what, AP, come on. Let's do this. So now I'm rooting for the Titans to win the Super Bowl. Anyway, I think Scott, since he has AP, he'll, he'll be able to play either of those running backs if AP does take the starting role. So I think for him, it made the most sense. Having said that, $83 compared to the next highest bid of $18. <laughs> 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 that's, that's actually really bad. Yeah, I, I think people probably abstained from bidding because they just assumed that somebody was going to dump their entire budget on. It's like on reverse, like, it's like reverse. Like I, I didn't bother putting in a bid because I like, didn't either. I, there was no point in it. 
Well, I so my favorite bid of this week was actually a bid that didn't even go through. It was Noah put in a bid for Justin Fields for zero dollars, and it says unsuccessful. And the reason says a position limit would be exceeded. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that existed. Actually, that's really funny. <laughs> so that's my favorite bit of the week. But I think there. I mean, there were a couple <laughs> other ones. I mean, I picked up Ty Johnson for thirteen dollars. I don't think anyone else put in a bid for him, but. Since Saquon has COVID, I think I need to play him this week. Um, that, that's an interesting pickup. He very quietly has uh, double-digit points in three straight weeks now. And uh, basically, the Jets' offense runs through their, their backfield. So even though Carter's kind of uh, emerged as the main guy, he's still getting a, a decent amount of touches. Yeah, it could be like a uh, Washington football team scenario of Gibson getting the runs and um, McKissick getting the reception. So. Mm-hmm. That was my thought process, and Brian Edwards because Henry Ruggs is an idiot. So yeah, but don't um, even mention his name on the podcast. He doesn't even deserve any publicity. We are, you know, my first thought actually was, oh, it sucks for him because he tried his whole, you know, his whole life was spent trying to get to the NFL, and he finally, and he had one stupid night, and it written out his whole career is over. And then I saw the details about it, and now I have no sympathy at all. Yeah. So fuck that guy. Yeah, so you're continuing your trend of uh, at least from our, our fantasy baseball days of just drafting uh, less than reputable characters. <laughs> he's like uh, he's like the Cowboys, you know. He he, he values talent over uh, over character. You know, <laughs> he had no character concerns coming in. <laughs> anyway, that is your Siler on the wire segment. Speaking of before we, I was I was really hoping I was going to chime in when we were talking about the backfield for the titans i read some article about possibly jamal like the titans making some kind of trade for jamal williams and i was like salivating i was like this would be the greatest <laughs> the greatest accidental hold i've ever had in my entire life and the the, the trading deadline this year was such a, a dud i was exp- i mean it usually is not that there are like any major deals with fantasy mm-hmm. implications that happen in a given year but there's nothing like particularly interesting I was stashing um, Deshaun Watson and Evan Engram because they were both on the trading block, supposedly, and nothing really uh, materialized on that front. But yeah, I, I was waiting. Just I, I, I don't know if I screwed up. I just recently dropped Odell Beckham, but it seems like they're not going to, like, they're, I don't know if, I don't, I, it, they gonna made get it cut eventually. They made, yeah. but yeah, they made it seem like they're not going to cut it. Like, they're just going to, like, be like, fine, if you're not going to play, making whatever. making him, like, take some of his salary away like they don't want to pay his full salary that's all eventually he'll get caught Odell Beckham Sr. was like way too savage when he was uh, going (laughs) in on Baker Mayfield on Instagram that's like so wild to have your dad like putting that stuff up like how old is Odell like he can't be that much younger than we are uh he was drafted in 2014 he's probably around R8 yeah so that's like uh like Jesus dude fight your own battles Anyway, we've already been already 40 minutes into the podcast, which is uh, a good place to be. But we got everyone's favorite segment now that Tyler and I are not alone, which is our power rankings brought to you always by Villamonte. Nate, what's your favorite slice from Villamonte? Um, it's got to be the, uh, well, I, I, I would default towards uh, ravioli al vodka, only available on uh, Fridays and Saturdays. But uh, if that's not there, then probably the, uh, the rigatoni al vodka. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and Belmonte is doing a great deal with us this week because Nate's favorite is the rigatoni alavaca. You get one rigatoni alavaca for every twenty dollars you spend there. So spend away. 
make sure you mention code RRIP. And, you know, if, if they ask how Scott's doing, just say he doesn't live in Long Island anymore. Stop asking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Nate. We got power rankings. Let's, uh, you know, we'll... I know people love to hear us talk, but we'll, uh, let, let's, you know, give us Don't a little feel. I will be abbreviated. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, you know, but, but it's really your show now, Nate. I mean, you were, we're handing you the reins. Let's hand it off to you. And I'm actually not, this is probably the least confident as I'm going to say this statement, but let's hear why Caniglio is number 12. So I, I do have Caniglio at 12, oh. but it actually was not an easy decision for me this week. And I was strongly considering him putting at 11 but I didn't want to rock the boat too much. And also, <laughs> I figured he just kind of has to be there by default as the team with the worst record and the fewest points for. Uh, but, and this team just got worse. And it did get, get worse. But having said that, I don't think his team right now is as bad as the perception surrounding it was initially. And uh, I'm actually like a little bit concerned about. Uh, I, I play him this week, and I'm, I'm, I feel I, I feel like there could be an upset in the in the cards. But um, I was I'm I'm gonna put him at like eleven. I guess it would be tied for eleven eleven uh, A. And then I also had uh, Brian in uh, contention for that last spot. I was uh, thinking of flip flopping them, but uh, I, yeah, I mean I'm with Caniglia. Brian is what that's Styler's championship sweetheart at the start of the season. He picked him to win the whole thing. He's got the same record as Wyatt. <laughs> he, he does, but I think Wyatt <laughs> has a few more points for than he does. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm with you with Brian being a bottom tier team. I think it was one of the concerns I had with him going into the season, which was really reliant on three players being the best at their position, being uh, Keenan Allen. McCaffrey, who's obviously not there anymore, and Mahomes, with Pitts being a nice plus, and this just really has not panned out that way. Keenan Allen's the number 27 running back. McCaffrey got hurt. Mahomes, even though he's the number six ranked quarterback, has not been – I think he has more interceptions than he had all of last year already. And for somebody that you draft – or as a QB that you draft, I think it was in the second or third round. Yeah. Uh, you, you basically have to be, like, a top three QB to return value there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just hasn't done that, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I had Kinnickly at 12. I actually had Bryant at 10, but it was not easy. I w- The debate in my mind between 10 and 11 was actually very difficult. But, yeah, Nate, I'm curious who you have at 10, and I assume that's who I was debating between. At 10, I had Lee. That is yeah. right. Yeah. That's who I have as well. Um. So, yeah, as far as Lee's team goes, I feel like he's he, he is five and three, but I feel like it's kind of a mirage. Um, because when I when I like look at his roster, I I don't know, none of the players are really like jumping out at me, you know. Like I feel like he his his starting lineup is like acceptable, but the depth is like almost non existent and yeah. he's not getting like strong production out of those two good wide receivers and Adams and Lamb, which I guess he hasn't because Adams is the, or he had COVID and now Aaron Rodgers is going to be out. So he's still another question mark and getting good production out of Mixon, then he's probably not putting up a high score in any given week. So uh, that's why I had him low, but he's, uh, he's done well to to hang uh, around in the standings. So I can't knock him too much on that. This was Siler's number one ranked team at the start of the season. Fun fact. 
Hey, he's five and three. <laughs> no, you know, I believe yeah, Lee's low for me too. I, and it's what happens. I say the same thing every year. He's one of the hardest teams to play against the first four weeks until injuries start happening and you have to worry about depth. And then once you have to worry about depth, his team kind of falls apart. I, I will say he has been more active uh, oh, on the definitely. wire this year than in years past. I'm very happy with Lee this year as a competitor. I am too, in the yeah. league. He used his whole budget already, which yeah. is good on him, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it probably won him a few weeks putting in Booker in the last few weeks that he's played him. Yeah, chances are. But, uh, yeah, the the depth for Lee's team is pretty bad. And uh, uh, next week, like I, like we uh, alluded to earlier, <laughs> he literally has, like, no running backs to play. And uh, if Adams or if uh, Rodgers may or may not be back for uh, that game next week, too, because of the COVID protocols. So uh, that's, you know, another uh, question mark for uh Devontae Adams and, so, and also you know I really I, I feel like he should have not dropped Russell Wilson too um I, I I think it was justifiable when he did it because they were projecting him to be out longer than he was but Lee's bench is so bad that I feel like he could have easily just held on to him and dropped you know somebody that's more expendable like like Curtis Samuel who's rostered for the entire year for some reason even though, like, <laughs> He, he has like four catches on the entire year and he has 4.7 points all season. <laughs> I, I sent, um, I sent this to Siler earlier, Nate, about it was a, a post on our fantasy football where it was like the earliest the Rogers, the earliest that Packers QB Aaron Rodgers can come back based on NFL, NFLPA protocols is Saturday, November 13th. And the for the top comment was, I'm going to Lambeau for the first time next Sunday. Bought tickets expecting to see Aaron Rodgers versus Russell. And that looks like I'm going to see seeing Jordan Love against Geno Smith. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so number nine. Uh, so let's see. Number nine, I had Dane. I have Dane at nine, too. What about uh, you? I also have Dane at nine. Oh, so I guess uh, we're unanimous there. Um. I, I, you sound so enthused about it. <laughs> uh, I, I really actually do like Dan's team. So do I. Uh, so, like, even, even though nine sounds harsh, it's not, like, an actual nine. Uh, you sound like me every week, Nate, where I say, like, oh, you know, like, my nine, nine through four are, like, the same. <laughs> like, I, I think they're all the same. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, there, there really aren't, like, like there, there's a lot of parody this year. I don't think there's anybody that's, like, truly awful or that's truly dominant, so... Yeah, everything's everyone's relatively close in my mind. I do uh, think that so. too. I think I think we're the, and maybe that's why I feel like the records are a little bit closer this year than they have been in past because I really do feel like that the middle of the pack is pretty blur at blurred and pretty wide. Like, but uh, yeah, even though I have Dane at nine, I don't think he's in a particularly bad spot because he is you know tied for the division lead and also he's shown really high upside uh, in certain weeks. So if he can, and, and he's, he also got devastated by injuries in the last couple of weeks. Like he like barely was able to fill a lineup like two weeks ago mm-hmm. uh, when, you know, it was basically like what Scott's team is now, but it was like that for him. Yeah. And he's, he's done a decent job, uh, you know, cobbling it together. But if this team gets healthy, I think, uh, you know, it could, uh, could get good. And if he gets, uh, you know, some decent wide receiver production, then, uh, you know, he could easily be, uh, be a top team if uh, things start breaking in, uh, in his favor. I think Kyler's really been disappointing 
And he's hurt. And he got hurt. I saw he got hurt on like the last drive of the game, but like he had 37 and 40 the first two weeks. And since then he's basically had between 20 and 30 uh, and a couple weeks. He didn't even have that. So he looked like he was going to have a huge MVP like season. And he just hasn't been what we all expected after those first two weeks. Yeah. And he hasn't been rushing as much uh, as I think you would expect from somebody who's kind of known for being a dual threat. So that's, you know, a big chunk of his value. Uh, mm-hmm. That's you know, been unrealized so far, but um, he is getting, Dane Skims is getting healthier though. Like Kittle is coming back now uh, this week, supposedly. Um, so, you know, hopefully, I mean, he can't be you know worse than he has been. So, uh, you know, ho- hopefully he'll get some uh, production out of him and uh, Antonio Brown's starting to get back and, you know, Judy just got activated and should be, uh, you know, back in in the mix too. That high, so. that high, that high firing power offense of Denver. Teddy B. <laughs> it's so painful having Cortland Sutton watching those games. It's like, it's 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 actually like physically hurts me to watch the game sometimes. Yeah, that that Thursday night game against Cleveland was like one of the like most boring games I've, I've ever. It was terrible. Witnessed. It was terrible. <laughs> Not they for the Ernest Johnson. I was gonna say they couldn't the, stop Ernest Johnson. Ernest it Johnson. was miserable. Um, okay, number eight, Nate. Let's see. Number eight, I have uh, – I actually have you, Gilbert. I do too. I have myself at eight as well. Oh, wow. Which, which felt it – didn't, it didn't feel quite right because earlier in the season – I think it must have been like week two or three. I was like, wow, like this team is actually sick. Uh, yeah. Like your, your starters were like they, – they looked awesome, and you had like – like your bench was like also really good, but – I guess the developments uh, since then have kind of uh, taken some of the, the luster off of that, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you have a good team and you're in a and you're in a good spot, but uh, yeah, it's just you're just in a bit of a slump now, I guess. Yeah, I feel like I I, I feel like I'm living Coniglio's, you know, aggregating to the mean or whatever you want to call it because I I was so hot and my players have really cooled off since then uh, the Antonio Gibson injury has really hurt me the fact that I don't I don't understand what his usage is I don't understand why he's running the ball like seven times either he's hurt or he's good and they don't they anytime it's almost like I don't understand this strategy in the NFL where you have a, a back who's purely your passing back because when you have him in the game the other team just knows you're about to pass the ball like it makes no sense Antonio Gibson can catch the ball like have him out there so that they don't know what you're going to do Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it makes no sense to me, but yeah, I got hurt with some injuries. Sutton has really been underperforming. DJ Moore has been underperforming because Darnold is a bum. But well, well, you know, it, my division's really tight, so I'm kind of just banking on you know playing th- playing through my division right now to the to championship. Yeah, you're the problem is your receipt and Stain has a similar issue is that you have receivers that are good, they just have such a shitty person throwing them the ball that it's just not consistent. Like, Darnold was good for the first few weeks. Since then, he's been terrible. DJ Moore hasn't been that good. Yeah. Eddie B, same type of thing. And Swift, the Lions, you have no idea what's going to happen. They could get down 30 to nothing in, in, like, the first half. And then Swift gets vultured by whatever the fuck. What was yeah. his name? Jermar Jefferson. <laughs> Thank you, Jermar Jefferson. <laughs> so, it's just a lot of inconsistency. So, it's just 
it's uh, it's been tough over the past few weeks. Yeah, so. I'm I'm hoping I'm really hopeful that Rashad Bateman breaks out in the second half of the season right now. That's what I'm banking on. I'm, I'm banking on after the bye week and being Golden fully Gopher. healthy. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, um, he went to Minnesota. But also true. the Vikings have a terrible secondary, so this could be a great week for him to break out. It'd be a great week. Yeah. And I'm actually, I'm really, I'm actually really surprised, Siler, that you didn't pick up Van Jefferson only as like a sort of handcuff to Cooper Cup if something were to happen, given how he is fairly injury prone throughout his his career. The way that I thought about, I mean, yes, I'm going to be in trouble if Cooper Cup gets hurt. Um, but because Rugs went down, the Raiders have, I don't know who they have except for Darren Waller. So, I, like, assuming they have, uh, Renfro, oh, yeah, they have Renfro, Brian Edwards, and I guess Zay Jones, I think, who Russell right. just picked up. But assuming that Cup and uh, Woods stay healthy, Van Jefferson's still the three guy. Oh, 100%. I, I, I've picked him up as purely a flyer, hoping that something like Robert yeah. Woods or one of them gets hurt. If that does happen, though, he's very valuable. So, yeah. fingers crossed that he does not get hurt. All right, number eight or number seven, sorry. See, so or number, number eight, no, yeah, no, number seven. You were seven. So, number seven, I had uh, Corels. Um, that's why I had two. I have them at six. I was tempted to move them up actually, but um, I figured it was roughly the right spot to have them, uh, especially you know, coming off uh, you know, a big week last week. Uh, you know, I want to maybe you know, I don't want to have too much recency bias. But uh, I think their team is, is starting to, to come together and look pretty good to me. Um, they've been kind of hurt with, uh, you know, injuries and bye weeks and things of that nature. But um, they're they're starting to look pretty good. Uh, and I, I really like that that Michael Carter pickup to kind of solidify their, uh, their running back situation. And, uh, you know, some of their guys get healthy. I think they actually have a really uh, solid roster. I think I had Michael Carter to start the season too. I think I drafted him. I'm kind of uh, should have held on to him longer. Should have held on I, to I him for like seven weeks. I was kind of surprised that Dane dropped him to begin with, because uh, he, I think he put in like a like a decent sized bid on him, uh, you know, earlier in the season, and then he just dropped him to uh, just to field a, a roster uh, that week that he was getting slammed by injuries. But like, he, I feel like he's somebody he probably should have held on to just by virtue of him being like. A running back that gets touches in the NFL, which is rare these days, or at least for fantasy purposes. 100% agree. Yeah, I mean, I was wrong about Michael Carter. I will be the first person to admit that. Um, in terms of usage, I got, I mean, last week he had his best week when Mike White threw 400 yards, and he actually had 95% receiving yards, which is pretty crazy. But um, rushing wise, I don't know. I just expect a lot of inconsistency. With I was going to say, I think we have to wait one more week to see what it's really like because it's there's been plenty of guys in our career of analyzing fantasy football that have had a week like that, and then everyone picks them up, and then they kind of fizzle out. I forget the guy's name, the running back on the Vikings that I picked up, and he scored three touchdowns. Like oh, Matt Asiata. Thank you, Matt Asiata, like a Matt Asiata thing. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so then number six actually just just one more note about their team i i, I think uh their receivers are, are really coming together uh because you know russell wilson will return to you know increase Metcalf's value but also tyrod is back for 
the Texans, yeah. which will presumably increase Brandon Cook's value. And Deontay Johnson might be like the most underrated player, like in fantasy, in my opinion. <laughs> and he's like a really solid uh, flex player for them. So, you know, when, when they get like Montgomery back and, you know, they still have, you know, and Sanders, of course, and, you know, Kadarius Tony, I think they actually have a really high upside team that could, uh, you know, shoot up the rankings. Yeah, I'm with you. But um, so, yeah, sorry. So for uh, number six, I had Scott, um, which was a difficult uh, placement for me because if this Derrick Henry injury didn't occur, I probably would have had him at one this week. Um, if, oh, if yeah, I would have too. If his team this week looked as it did last week, I would have had him at one, but due to the it was literally like a series of unfortunate events by Lemony Snicket uh his, his team just got like decimated overnight <laughs> and uh you know I still think you know even uh if uh you know his team you know when when the guys who were out with COVID or whatever or you know banged up now and he's able to field that full roster with basically just uh you know McNichols or Peterson uh instead of Henry, I think his team is still good enough. To, no, but I mean, Nate, even, even to be fair, if you're Scott, right. And you have your full roster, are you really, you're going to start McNichols or Peterson over Carson Collins or yeah, probably Fournette? Not. Like, so, like they might are, not even start. Like, yeah. Like Derrick Henry obviously is irreplaceable because the guy is a monster, but um, those are good enough uh, running backs to win with. And the rest of his team is still, uh, you know, still the same, basically. So, uh, you know, if he, he's going to have a couple rough weeks ahead of him. But if he weathers the storm, I think he'll, he'll, he'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, I only moved him down. I moved him from one to f- uh, from two to three. I want to give see one more week because I like kind of like you're saying that I don't want to just rank him off of this one week because I think a power rankings is a more like an like for the full season. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I have him at three still. I mean, I think he's a really strong roster. I have him at three also. I will say I just went and clicked on his team and it is just, it's awesome. I loved, <laughs> I like was like giggling while you were talking because it's just wonderful. Like Teddy B, Naheem Hines. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. But That's what I texted like before. That. I said, I wished I could have taken a picture of this roster and sent it to him and said, hey, this is going to be the roster you're starting. <laughs> in week uh in week eight or week nine and uh you still have there you had derrick henry on your team my favorite thing is when scott said and it's only wednesday he's there's plenty of time for more things to happen to his team also but i still have him at three he has he has no one to blame but himself for uh for making that that name change i know and he and he tried to like reverse jinx himself by now naming it not the year of scott but it's (laughs) way past that no we we we, we saw through that that yeah it it is way that that, that. that that was a weak attempt uh, all right, who do you have at five? Uh, at five, I have myself. I have you at I do at six, so yeah. I have you at four, but go yeah. ahead, Nate. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm feeling uh, decent about my team. Um, you know, I really like my receivers, and I've been getting good production out of my running backs. Uh, and yeah, and uh, Hertz has been solid for me, and yeah, I mean – that's 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 all I got to say. You know, it's been it's been boom or bust a little bit, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still putting up like uh, fairly consistent points, and I think I have you know good enough depth to overcome any uh, 
obstacles that might arise in the future. So yeah, I'm just kind of staying the course for now and uh, hoping it pans out. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, but shocking, Nate, is every one of your players is in the top 15 in their respective positions, which is pretty impressive. So um, I've moved you up. I, I think I had you at five last week, and I moved you up to four. So and I'm, I'm, I'm feeling particularly good about uh, Damian Harris uh, recently. Oh, my God, yeah. Trending upwards because I feel like a lot of people were, were pretty uh, down on him after those weeks, like three and four, I think, when he had he went up against you know two of the – the toughest, you know, run D's in, in the NFL and then just got game scripted out. But uh, he's, he's turned it on since then. He's really kind of bucking the trend of, uh, you know, Patriots running back, running backs being, uh, you know, unpredictable because he's, he's basically just the, the bell cow in that offense. So uh, I'm feeling, uh, feeling good about him as an RB too. Yeah, you should. Um, who do you have at four? At four, I have Russell. I had Russell at four, too. I moved him down. I have him at five. Um, so yeah, I mean, Russell's, Russell is a good team. Uh, but, you know, the, the, that, that core of, uh, you know, the Vikings guys and Josh Allen and McLaurin is, you know, obviously rock solid. But uh, they, they, they've shown a bit of a concerning floor for me. Uh, you know, like what we saw basically just this past week. Um, but, yeah, the rest of his team, I uh, – I quite like, and, you know, obviously he's a, you know, he's a shark on the wire. So, you know, his, his bench looks pretty, uh, pretty bad right now. <laughs> I don't think uh, it's anything that he has to, you know, he'll be, he'll be churning that week in and week out. So, you know, it's not really anything I need to put too much stock in. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, Cordero Patterson emerging as a, you know, a solid uh, RB. I, I think he's actually, you know, right. He's the 10th. The top 10. Uh, yeah, so like that's that was a massive pickup for for him to really solidify that position, and uh, yeah, that's 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 about it. You know, so I I feel like his team recently has been a little too dependent on Josh Allen to have massive games, which you now he obviously does. But you know, Dalvin and you know Jefferson, I, I'm, I'm they're not going to be held down for long. But I, I I do have you know some concerns about uh, Terry McLaurin because the Washington offense just looks so dysfunctional at times and and he is uh, particularly boom or bust himself you know he has if you look at his game log you know he has 25 26 32 points and then under 10 points in every other week so if you catch him on one of those uh, those down weeks then uh, you know his, his score is going to look a lot worse oh for sure yeah I, I think I totally agree with you I think he has the core looks good but I, I actually really like how the way you put it about the the floor being uncomfortably low given those players. Yeah, I think he'll be fine though. I mean, his team is still pretty dynamic and I would, I wouldn't want to go against Russell in any given week. So. Yeah. Uh, he definitely has some of the, the highest uh, upside. Yeah. yeah. All right. Number three, top three. Yeah. So three, I had uh, Wyatt. Uh, I have Wyatt at two. I moved him down to seven. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he, from he a managerial, are you it, are you putting managerial decisions in that decision, or are you purely if, if based am, on a he's, roster? He's rock bottom. <laughs> it has to be a part of the discussion. I mean, he's lost to Lee on a fumble in overtime, and then he decided. Well, it's not his fault. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, I mean, that he's not You're the right. coach. 
you're right. But what is his fault is not picking up a backup QB. Yes, that is the dumbest from, thing anyone has ever done in fantasy football. From unnamed like, sources. That uh, Yeah. But, uh, anyway, continue. Sorry, but, Nate. The, the rest of his roster is, is quite strong. Um, you know, obviously the, the Zeke and, and Dak uh, tandem is, you know, re- really strong. And, uh, you know, the emergence of uh, Elijah Mitchell as you know, the lead back in, in San Fran is, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's unclear how long that's going to last necessarily because they're, you know, notoriously difficult to project in, you know, any given week, I feel like, uh, you know, somebody else could emerge as uh, the, the back there. But for now, at least, he's looking like a rock-solid RB2, and he's been a, a big uh, boon to that team. And uh, he's getting really great production out of this this uh, Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews tandem as well. Oh, uh, for sure. Which, you know, I guess the Ravens are a lot more pass-heavy this year than a lot of people would have expected. And uh, they've been delivering quite quite well. You know, Mark Andrews is really bankable this year. As, you know, the, the, the tight end wasteland is, like, particularly bad this year. Uh, it's been, like, okay in recent years, but it's, like, really bad out there. Mm-hmm. And, He's like, uh, he offers a significant advantage over uh, any opponent that he's up against. And, uh, and, and Hollywood Brown has been uh, really, he's been like uh, pr- pretty bankable as a, as a you know, wide receiver one, wide receiver two kind of guy who has, who has established a decent floor and also has uh, a ton of upside. So, you know, he, he, him and, and Mike Evans are tend to be boomer bust, but if, if you catch them in one of those weeks, you know, they're going to put up, uh, you know, 60 points between the two of them. And then from there, you know, he has a really high floor everywhere else. So, uh, you know, if you can, you know, kind of put together, a, a, you know, a, a full lineup in the, any given week, he'll, he's, he's, uh, he's scary. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a good team, but Siler seven for some reason. Yeah, managerial decision making. Um, I also am unsure about his RB two spot and his. Well, oh no, his flex should be fine. I guess he would slot Jarvis Landry in there when Mike Evans is healthy. Um, actually, no, it was his. Oh no, it wasn't his fault. Never mind. I was thinking that whole thing with Allen Robinson where he subbed him in, but he would have lost either way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so a little iffy on the flex, a little iffy on the RB two spot but a lot of it is his managerial decision-making. I, I think Allen Robinson probably has to be the biggest bust of the draft so far, right? Oh, for know. sure. I had him as his best pick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, he, he's in that, like, uncomfortable position where you can't really – I mean, I guess he's, like, kind of droppable at this point, but, like, he's still he, – he's too good he to drop, but he's not good enough. That's how I felt with, Obi, that's how I felt with Odo Beckham. I was like, can I really drop him? I'm like, he literally hasn't done anything in seven weeks. Like, if – like, what am I going to – what am I going to do right now? And, the, and those I, are, like, the worst players to roster because they just clog up a spot and they're just a, yeah. a headache week in and week out. Yep. Yeah. But um, but I, and I really wanted to drop Kirk Cousins this week, but I can't drop him against ten against uh for Noah to pick him up. Yeah. <laughs> Noah can't pick him he up. Can't, yeah. Noah he's, has he's no cap. other. QBs. Nobody, no, he, no, he, but he picked up someone. He picked up Tyrod. Uh, and, oh, maybe it's because his his claim for Tyrod went through. So because of that, then his other claim couldn't go through. Maybe. And and Noah, he he texted me this morning. He was uh, dismayed that I, I picked up his uh, his boy Taysom Hill. I was gonna bring this up when you well. So who do you have at number two? Uh, number two, I have you. Oh, okay. Well, now I know who your number one is. Okay, go ahead. 
Go ahead with your number. With why am I number two? Um, basically, just because you're putting up a ton of points week in and week out. That's you know, that's all there is to it. Um, your receivers are you know off the charts so far, and uh, yeah, you you basically have the highest. I think you do have probably have the highest ceiling that we've seen so far. You know, you're the the only one who's really been consistently hitting you know 150 plus every week. Um, so you know, even though like. You, you know, when I, when I look at your team, I do see some holes and some some areas of concern. Uh, the, the results have, have been there uh, and you're, you know, you're still producing uh, at a high level. So I, I feel like I had a, I just had to put you there by default. I yeah. had myself at one. I agree. I think my running backs are a little banged up, but once Saquon gets back and Kareem Hunt should be healthy in the next couple of weeks, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And once that is, once they're in my starting lineup, it's going to be real. It's going to be very intimidating. So I'm looking forward to that. I will yeah. say I am a little concerned. I, I had you've had like that at one or two, I forget. Um, but I am a little concerned about Justin Herbert. He's been kind of underperforming for, you know, I think he, he's had a little bit of a facade from in week five, when he had the 50 points, but Mm-hmm. Um, outside of week five and week three, he really has been underperforming from where, you know, I know you didn't draft him in the first three rounds or anything. So it's not like you were expecting him to be a, to the number one quarterback, but um, I think I had higher expectations for him. I'm not worried about him. I think going against new England is a tough matchup for anybody. Baltimore. I did expect him to have a better day, but he's got Philly and Minnesota coming up in the next two matchups. So I'd be shocked if he doesn't put up, 20 to 30 plus points in those in both of those matchups so yeah all right that whole offense has looked a little out of sync uh, in the last couple weeks but they're too good not to get it together and once he does you know he has you know so many weapons and he's just so good in his own right that he'll be i think he'll be fine yeah Uh, and even if he doesn't you know Derek carr is also perfectly capable backup i mean he's the the 12th ranked qb right now which is you know by definition a qb1 and he's been uh, pretty consistent in his own right. So, you know, even if, you know, Herbert is, uh, you know, if it, it, even though his floor is maybe a little uh, lower than what you would have hoped, you know, you'll be fine at that position overall. All right, Nate, number one. And uh, as, as much as it pains me to, to say it, it is uh, my, my rival, Noah Smithelli, uh, number one for me, at least. I have him at, at, at two. I've met five. Hmm. So who did you have at one? Uh, I had Siler at one. I had Wyatt at two. All right. Um, my, I mean, you, you, you can go first, but I, I have some thoughts about his team. But so, um, yeah, I mean, t- to me, he has probably the best as of you know this very moment. He has the best uh, combination of floor and upside that I think we've seen. He hasn't really like busted in any given weeks and. He's also putting up, you know, huge numbers, uh, you know, just with his core. Um, the I, I, I think you alluded to this before, but the the only thing that I would be concerned about on his team is durability because it feels like his roster is kind of banged up at the moment. And also, you know, a lot of his players are historically pretty injury prone. Um, so... You know, I'd be I'd be a little bit concerned about that, but as far as the the lineup that he fields in any given week, I think it's uh, you know very strong, and um, yeah, has, he's just got a good team. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I'm at five, and purely I think just because of the reasons you mentioned about people that them being banged up. I mean, Julio is like in and out every other game. 
DeAndre Hopkins, uh, I don't know what's going on with him, but it seems, I think it's worse than what people are leading on to. I don't know if you were when I was watching the game. I 100% agree. I tend to agree with that, actually. Yeah. So, and then with this James Robinson injury as well, um, I'm a little nervous to see kind of how this unfolds. So if those three guys were to be unable to play, I think while he does have some depth, the players he would be backfilling in would nowhere be able to replace those which is like you know that's obviously that's why they're on his bench and they're not starting but um i just get i I have met five purely for those concerns i think if you told me that his entire roster is healthy i'd have him higher up yeah i would agree with that and i also really like that the mike gasicki pickup that he had who i'm kind of kicking myself over for not uh you know being more aggressive on him myself but he's been really good and he's probably been one of the more bankable tight ends that we've seen this year so I think he you know he really fills out the rest of that team nicely and um I I I have a good feeling about Julio Jones down the stretch he's been you know inconsistent and injured but for some reason I I just have this this feeling in the back of my mind that he's gonna put it together and be be good down the stretch and if he does that's uh that's really big for his team and of course you know he has Tom Brady and Chris Godwin who are you know, two of the, the best at their respective positions. So that's yeah. a really strong floor in any given week. Did you think, did didn't I, you have like thoughts about Mike Gazeki at the in the start, Siler? Didn't you say something to my brother about Mike Gazeki? I probably did because I remember last year. I no, it was last year that I gave him shit for spend. I think he spent a lot of money on Gazeki, and after like one good week or something but then i mean he put up decent numbers last year he's having a much better year this year though um but what i did want to say is going back to Taysom hill i was disappointed that noah didn't pick up Taysom hill because he's going into gelblatt this week so i thought it would be the perfect time for him to pick up Taysom hill and have another you know type of Taysom Hill game against Gelblatt. So that, that oh, actually, I'm a little disappointed. Yeah. We, we've had enough drama for uh, in this week. I don't think we can afford uh, any more of that. <laughs> All right. Thank you for the power rankings, Nate. Appreciate it. Robust yeah. as I expected them to be. And now we'll move on to the end of the podcast where we have some predictions to do. And uh, right now, from a, a, a standing standpoint in predictions, I'm 21 for 27. So 43%, Siler's 23 for 25, tied with ESPN for 47%. And our guests are sitting at four and 20, Nate. So big I, shoes to I fill. I got to bring it back here. Yeah, you really do. I mean, a, a sweep would be fantastic. Yeah. We, we need a sweep just to get back to respectability. This exactly. A, I mean, you guys are at abysmal, uh, winning your percentage right now. You're at 16%. I mean, the robot's beating you. Yeah. So I'll start from the bottom, like I always do. We got the Williams Bowl up first, Dane against Wyatt. Right now, Wyatt projects him to win 119 to 114. Wyatt historically winning 6-2-3. I don't actually have the matchup up, but now I do. Um, any significant buys on either side? It seems like both teams are at pretty good strength, unless I'm missing something from... Wyatt's team, which it doesn't look like I am. Yeah. Really, the only significant buy is uh, Tampa Bay. So uh, both Mike Evans and Antonio Brown will be absent yeah. for these matchups. Although Antonio Brown would probably have been out anyway this week. That's true. You know, I feel like this is the week 
A, I, I would love for it to happen for my division, but also I think this is an important game for Wyatt to come back and, and you know, prove us wrong. So I'm going to go with Wyatt. What do you think, Nate? Um, I'm actually kind of feeling Dane this week. Um, it's he, he, he is starting, as of right now, he is starting Brandon Ayuk, and I hope that he does well because I'm, you know, I, I kind of want to just validate, like, that draft pick. Uh, yeah, he's obviously <laughs> one of the, the biggest busts so far. I just dropped him. Uh, but, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, Navy Dane can catch lightning in a bottle this week. But um, I kind of like Dane's matchups this week. It, although I think it pretty much hinges on Kyler Murray, who is uh, currently questionable. Um, but if he comes back and has, you know, a, a Kyler game, then I really like the rest of his team to produce this week. And I think Darren Waller is probably in for a huge game this week. I'm, I'm kind of feeling it. Um, he's, you know, well-rested. And, you know, there's, there's some targets that just opened up. Uh, and uh, I just – I don't think the Giants can really stop him. So, uh, I think uh, I think Dane ekes it out. I wanted to pick Dane so bad for a lot of those reasons. And then I just looked – and I was going to pick – Dane also because I saw Dallas is playing Denver and in my mind I'm like oh usually Denver has a good D and then I also thought oh Von Miller's not even on the team anymore they're probably going to be terrible now so using that thought process I'm going to go with Wyatt uh, I think Wyatt's going to get the W picking against the guests is usually a pretty good way to go also when it comes to projection that's a good so. point <laughs> it's, it's the only way for me to make up ground so maybe that is you true. Guys need to go first and I just have to do the uh, the opposite <laughs> Next up, we have Russell against Scott. I should have been oh, queuing boy. this up while we were talking. Scott against Russell Gambardella, which is right over here. Uh, Scott is actually up in this series six to five. Scott obviously projected to lose right now, not even with a full roster, oh. but even with. What is the uh, historical record for the Williams Bowl? Oh, it was. Uh, I, th- I think why it was six to three. Yeah, why it's up six to three. Um, so Scott projected to lose right now. Probably gonna. I would assume he drops Bucks defense for another defense, or I would hope he does so that he can stand a chance. Although if I'm him, I would want to keep them, but he can't. <laughs> I mean, if I'm honestly, if I'm him though, just take um, the, just take the loss. I mean, yeah, no, but like for example, like Falcons defense plays. Monday night, or sorry, not Falcons defense. Bears defense plays Monday night. Like you could always like wait until then to pick but up. But he Bears used defense. eight dollars on Jeremy McNichols. Okay. Well, because then you're saying, oh, you're dropping the Bucks these and then putting them in waivers. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean that, that's that's what I'm saying. If he has a chance to, if you can get a win by dropping, I don't know. I would do that. But what are the chances of him? actually winning this game that's what i'm saying but yeah but there's enough between titans defense sunday night and the bears defense monday night oh you're saying if it's close if it's close if he's if he's down by like i don't know like five points or something and he wants to like have a comeback like i i would drop bucks defense for a win Mm -hmm. like and i agree it obviously looks brutal on paper but like I, i still wouldn't rule out the possibility of a win if he can field the full lineup 
because like I mean this is the exact same lineup that Russell had last week and he only put up uh, yeah like 80 something points I'm going so, Scott like, he can if he can kind of like scratch and claw his way yeah. to a full lineup and and drop 100 points I mean Russell's on a four game losing yeah, streak he's on a four game losing streak right now that is true but that being said I I, I do have to go with Russell here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't kind of by default but yeah. Uh, I mean, the Teddy B, Naeem Hines, Jeremy McNichols, just that top three, I just can't do it. That's brutal, yeah. Uh, Big game for Teddy next week, this week, watch. Big mm Cortland Sutton game. I'm I'm just just interested to see how Scott fills out this lineup. That's that's all I'm – that's that's what I'm paying attention to. I mean, if you're Scott, do you try to, like – also, the Titans play the Rams. So, like, Scott's they not do. even going to have a good time watching football this week either. It's just going to be a bad week for Scott, I think. Yeah. But like we were saying, if if once Rodgers is back with the COVID thing, like, and Noah Fant's back, like, then he's – and, you know, he'll have Leonard Fournette starting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's, really, it's, it's really just a one-week thing, which is why I didn't drop him so far in the power rankings. Yeah. Okay. Next up, we have Coniglio against Nate. Nate projected to win one thirty to one fourteen. Um, the only um, position that Coniglio is projected to win is RB two, where he squeaks it out by 0.7 points. Nate's also, some... I call bullshit on that. There's no way Miles Gaskin is outscoring Damian Harris. <laughs> I, I think uh, the, whatever I think Carolina has pretty good deep run defense. I think that's what ESPN uses for these projections weighs the matchup like really heavily. Yeah, um, got it. They are going against Houston, so that's uh, that's what I assume is the the explanation. So I'm gonna go with our boy Nate. I appreciate him taking the time being on the podcast. At least I can do is throw a sure. throw a bone. <laughs> um, I I will also go with myself, but I I'm. I don't feel good about it. I, I actually feel that if there's a week for a Coniglio upset, it's probably this one based on the matchups that he has. Um, all of his receivers have uh, really good matchups, uh, Diggs in particular, and also he has the two uh, the two Gaskin or he has Gaskin and Parker, who I think should both have productive days. And uh, Robert Woods against Tennessee, who has been, which has one of the worst pass defenses so far this year, and Daryl Henderson has been solid. So, like, if if my team doesn't show up, I could I, I could easily see uh, a Caniglio upset here. You make a lot of compelling points, and I feel like Tannehill is going to be awful throughout the game, and then he's going to do a little Davis Mills and have some uh, garbage time TDs. Yeah. Uh, I'm still going to go with Nate. I can't do it. I couldn't either. Next up, we have your commissioner against Brian, projected to win one. Tw- oh, I didn't do the historical for, sorry, for Nate against um, yeah. Caniglio, which would be, it's actually tied, 5-5. Five, five. Hmm. Next up, we have, who did I just say we have? We have Brian against Siler. So Siler, Brian who you're up in the, the – you're up 7-6, Siler. Okay. Projected to win 120-107. Brian in a really weird spot right now. Although Christian McCaffrey might be playing, which would be interesting. I don't think he's supposed to play, he's but supposedly he on the on the da- – like the, the very doubtful kind of side. Oh, really? Because uh, right now uh, mm-hmm. Chuba Hubbard only projected to get 2.6 points, which is definitely hurting Brian's projections. <laughs> so – uh, I'm actually going to go with Brian in this one. 
Um, I could see it, but um, I feel like I can't pick against Siler because his team just just finds a way to put up points. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I got. Even though Brian, there there is some upset potential. I I, uh, I took his team a little lightly myself a couple weeks ago, and I got I got stung for it when. Uh, <laughs> You know, Jalen Waddle just kind of came out of nowhere in London, dropped a bunch of points, and then uh, you know Josh Jacobs had a good game, and yeah, before before I knew it, I was I was down and out, and I wasn't expecting it at all. So uh, I'm not going to rule out that possibility, but I think uh, Siler just has a stronger team, and so he'll win. So we've had eight weeks so far. I have outscored Brian in seven of those eight weeks. I am going to pick myself. Next up, we have Lee against Corals. Historically, Lee is up in this series five to four. Corals currently on the one-game winning streak, though. Projected to be extremely close, 118 to 117.6. And I'm taking a chance on Lee. Take a chance, take a chance, take a chance, take a chance. Take a chance on Lee. I'm going Corels in this matchup. Um, it's it it should be should be pretty tight though. But I think the one thing working against Lee is probably the the projected downgrade for Devonte Adams. I mean, he could still have a good game, but uh, you know, it's not as uh, not as nice of a matchup as it would you would expect it to be on paper. Right. But, um, yeah. Uh, the. Corals, I mean, he has uh, Metcalf and Hawkinson on by this week, which is a bit of a kind of hurts, but uh, his his, uh, his backup should do nicely. And uh, I think Kamara could potentially pop against Atlanta. So uh, I'll go with uh, Corals. I'm going to go with Corals too. I think that Lee's team is going to have a really bad week this week. And I don't necessarily think Corals is going to have a great week, but it will just be more points than what Lee gets this week. And that's uh, that's and, how you win matchups, right? Yeah. And last but not least, you have myself against Noah. I've I didn't even bring this up, but I, I did a full a full brand a full rebranding after a three game losing streak. Ooh. You know, didn't even have Darnell Mooney on my team anymore. Really had to rethink the whole organization, and we decided to go with Get Swifty. It's a classic name, Dion. You know, we got we got Swift on our team. You, you, you got to make moves. And I actually, if I recall, changing my team name midseason was when I won the uh, con when I won with Connor for real. So, you know, it, it, it has its benefits. This is a matchup against Noah where he's got some key guys on by with, with Brady and Godwin on by James Robinson. Don't know what his status is. Deandre Hopkins don't know what his status is. Julio Jones don't know what his status is. Um, and so while my team might not be at even remotely full strength with Gibson and DeAndre Swift both on by, DeAndre Swift's going to be coaching from the sidelines, and I think I take the W. Uh, maybe it's uh, wishful thinking on my part because I want uh, my, my biggest uh, division rival to lose, but uh, I think I'm, I'm going to go with you as well. Um, I like – I like your matchups and uh, Noah's team is kind of banged up this week uh, and his matchups aren't that great. Uh, I do think um, if there was ever a week to play Devin Singletary, it's against Jacksonville when they like might run up the score a little bit and might, he might get some garbage time play. Agreed. Although 
I just I just hate that guy for some reason. He's just he's just such a he's like tantalizing, but he just like never does anything. He's such a vanilla player. He's yeah. like nothing special. I'm gonna go with Gelblatt as well. I mean, I feel like Aaron Jones is gonna be heavily utilized because Jordan Love. I mean, we have never actually seen him play, but I feel like he's just gonna suck. So. I think it's going to be a heavy dose of Aaron Jones against. Is that just wishful thinking as a Vikings fan, where you're just like, please not back to? You're like no. Brett Favre from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. It's like, how <laughs> could they have another like Hall of Fame quarterback back to back? I think it's more that it's Scott told you. Oh God, the spin move will forever <laughs> live in my head. And Brett um, Hundley. Brett Hundley was like, I'm going to be one of the best quarterbacks of all time. And now I don't think he's even in the league. Who's the guy that uh, went to yeah. Seattle before Russell Matt Wilson? Flynn. Matt Flynn also. Matt Flynn, touchdowns. Yeah. He had that crazy game in like week 17 when they were in the playoffs. Yeah. I think it's it's more that the all the hype surrounding him because he was a first-round pick. But then there were also reports of people being like, how the fuck was he a first-round pick? Like he could have easily waited like till the second or third. Anyway, I think he's going to be bad. Uh, I'm going to go with your team this week. All right. Well, I want to just firstly say thank you to our guests for taking the time. I know it's late. It's 1130 hour time right now. So appreciate you taking the time out of your evening to join us and give the the folks at home a, a, a quick little peek behind the curtain of what one of the owners and the team is thinking and how he evaluates the league. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm always glad to do it. And yeah, it's, you know, I hope, hopefully we have a better week of football this week, maybe some, some higher scoring games, some some more relevant players being involved, but season's coming close, guys. A lot of you know now's the time to make some moves. If you're gonna make, do we have a trade deadline? Don't we have a trade deadline now? It's much later in the year. I have can... we had a trade deadline historically? I can't remember. I'm not much of a trader, so it's not something I really paid much attention to. Oh, you made that clear, Nate. We know. Yeah. <laughs> I have to look into it. Okay, well, we'll get back to you guys on that. But, yeah, I mean, great show. Commissioner, anything to say? Um, I'm quickly trying to find the oh, You want me to ramble for a little bit? I mean, what's the deal with uh, Airplane Oh, I found peanuts? it. Okay. Thank God. Trade, <laughs> trade deadline is December 6th, so we still have a while. Is that even – what is that, like the week before the playoffs? Like, what is December That's 6th? In – one, two, three, four and a half weeks. So it's before the playoffs. Okay. Um, but yeah, so everyone, you know, make those trades. There's still plenty of time. Hopefully we have more activity than the NFL and uh, yeah, good luck, everybody. Yeah. We'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you all for listening. And uh, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Gelblatt, joined by your co-host commissioner, two-time champion, Andrew Seiler. And our guest this week was Nate Penzel. Be sure to follow him on you follow him on Instagram, follow him on Twitter. What is it? At Penzi Pen? Is that what it is? Don't, uh, don't at me. Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good night and uh, good luck this week. Oh, thank you.